But the thing about being a role model, people watch what you do to see if it lines up with what you say. Hmm. So what you do is supposed to line up with what you told people you were going to do. That's that's the role model job. Amazing. Yes, that was Kamala, the vice president. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Monday. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris. Last minute, last minute call for me to come in for Chris. He should be here tomorrow. Jury duty had to report. I anticipate his return tomorrow. But that was Kamala Harris sitting down with Al Sharpton. I do not give him a religious title because he doesn't deserve one. It is, uh, it is usually given to people who actually are uh, those who have a congregation. Now, you could say that the Democrats are some sort of congregation. I, I find them closer to a cult. Yeah, it feels like it's a lot closer to a cult than anything else. And you know how you know that? When you hear Democrats call anyone who supports President Trump, the former president, well, they're kind of like culty about him. Yeah. When they're pointing a finger at you, there's three pointing back at them. That's how that works. Absolutely spot on. So Kamala Harris had a sit down with Al Shopton at uh, at her office, at her her residence, the vice president's residence. And uh, Al Sharpton, apparently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he was he was taken aback by getting the the inside double secret tour of the vice president's residence in Kamala Harris's office and even shared with us some of the details of that tour. She has a picture of a mother who was marching against what happened in Birmingham in the 60s, and a pitch over a shoulder of, of Thurgood Marshall. So activism is in her DNA. Hmm. Is Al Sharpton speculating that, that Kamala's father, that we've been told was her father, is not her father? That it was someone else? That it was a... Another famous person in history who may have fathered Kamala. I don't want. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to raise speculation that there may be some curious activities in in Kamala's mother's past. You know, we all know Kamala had some curious activities to get into the political world in her past. I'm. Just saying that there were several campaign stories saying that they wanted to uh, have Biden and Harris knee pads made, but that would have been tasteless. That would have been horrible to say. But uh, it's kind of interesting that that came up. I had not heard that before. Huh. Anyway, looking at this interview, and it really was painful to watch, but I watched it so you don't have to. I watched it in order to do the work. I'll get combat pay for that. Uh, Al Sharpton asked uh, questions, and I, I kind of think two things are at work here. And correct me if I'm wrong. You will at 888 That's the number here at the Chris Plant Show, 888-630-9625. I kind of think two things are working here. I think they're trying to elevate Kamala 
because Joe's decline is is increasing in its speed. Today's the best he will be ever in his life. His decline is obvious and it is picking up pace. So the Democrats have to be worried and she will have to be ready to step in. Not that she ever could be, but she will be have to be ready to step in at a moment's notice. So they're trying to make her look like she could be possibly maybe presidential. And then I also think the questions are, are specifically crafted to make Sharpton sound like the late Barbara Walters. Um, seriously. He, he asked her, after talking about the photos in her office, he asked her questions um, and asked her specifically, what do you think, what do you want a young woman, a young girl to think when she sees a picture of you as vice president? I hope they say that. Um, yes, yes, yes. They should, that they will say, yes? I can do anything, oh. even if it hasn't been done before. I will not be burdened by what has been. I will believe in what can be. Uh, there it is. There it is. There it is. We were listening to that and we were going, well, she's going to say it. You know she's going to say it. If she doesn't bring up Venn diagram, she's going to bring up the unburdened quote, which she has said. Now, I think we have to now add that to the montage, the montage of the unburdened repetition. What's more, electric vehicle love, Venn diagrams, or the unburdened line? Because she has these go-tos, these standard go-to lines that she will just spew at a moment's notice giving her the opportunity to appear to be intellectual. She's got this one line, this, this one line. There it was again at the very end of this. What do you want these kids to think, these young girls, when they see you? If it hasn't been done before. Yeah, tell me. I will not be burdened by what has been. I will believe in what can be. That's it. That's a new spin on it. She, she kind of polishes it a little bit every time she, she says it. Um, the other part of that interview where, um, where Sharpton was asking the Barbara Walters questions, I, I swear to you, if you watch this interview, just think these are not Al Sharpton questions. These are Barbara Walters questions. He asked her what she's proud of. What, what are you most proud of? There are many things that I'm proud of that we have done that have been, I think, in many ways, and I say this humbly, that have been transformational for our country. So many things that you can't even bring them up. So many, many things you can't, you can't even remember the, the numbers of things. Like, you know, since you're the border czar, the border's fixed, right? Oh, no. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, I looked at the border stats this morning, the border statistics uh, this very morning. The first 10 days of, uh, of August, the first 10 days of August, 40,000, 40,000 illegal crossings. And that means that's 4,000 a day. And if we go back to the Obama administration and Jay Johnson, the guy who was Homeland Security director, he said 1,000 a day was a crisis. So now we're four times that. And the Biden administration is still telling us that, oh, no, no, the situation on the border is getting better. It's not. And she's in charge of that. 
I wonder if she's proud of that. Hmm. I don't think so. Something tells me she's not. Something tells me there is zero pride on, on what she's done. And, uh, well, like Kamala says. You could go on and on and on. Yes, you could. But you will say nothing. Say absolutely nothing. Uh, shifting back to uh, Iowa. There, the story out of Iowa this weekend at the state fair. So much going on at the state fair. Um, the candidates go there. And it's a, I have a friend who is a, a talker in, in Iowa. And he gets every presidential candidate to come by, which is terrific. Because as a, as a radio host, you want to try and talk to every possible president. And then if, they're, if they do become the president, then you've got that in your background. So he's interviewed every single one of the people who came through. And I still can't figure out, and maybe somebody will explain it to me, why Carrie Lake was there. Is she there as a Trump surrogate in a way? In case you missed it, we'll, we'll get to uh, the moment with Carrie Lake and the Washington Post and the New York Times because it was an epic moment. But I also thought that the, the back and forth between Vivek Ramiswamy and a pansexual person was absolute gold. I think Mr. Ramaswamy is a, uh, a terrific candidate. I don't know if he's ready yet. I find him to be very smart. And I, I, like, I like what he says when he talks about the, our economy and our freedoms and our constitution, etc. And I, I also like that he can handle a live question from a, a possible uh, protester type person. He was approached by a, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm not going to use neo pronouns. Uh, a pansexual person. I know this woman. That's, I'm using the woman thing. But this person identifies themselves as pansexual. I guess that's um, your equal opportunity at, at every turn. And she was trying to play like the gotcha game with him and and trying to see how he felt about the trans world, the trans community. And he turned it around on her and asked her what her feelings were. I'm personally a pansexual, so I was okay. just wondering what your views on same-sex couples were. I don't have a negative view of same-sex couples, but I do have a negative view of a tyranny of the minority. So, so I think that in the name of protecting against a tyranny of the majority, and there are times in this country's history where we have had a tyranny of the majority, we have now, in the name of protecting against tyranny of the majority, created a new tyranny of the minority. I love this angle. You turn it around on them and say, listen, you, we often fear the tyranny of the majority. But what we have right now is the tyranny of you, you, the minority who are who are tyrannical in how you handle every situation. That's pretty much what happens every time you you encounter the people who are on the far, far, far left, the farthest edges of the uh, of, of the LGBTQIAA plus 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 whatever community that if you don't if you don't bow to every demand then they want you canceled. They want you shut out. They want to sue you. He continues. And I think that that's wrong. I don't think that somebody who's religious should be forced to officiate a wedding that they disagree with. Amen. I don't think somebody who is a woman who's worked really hard for her achievements should be forced to compete against a biological man 
in a swim competition. I don't think that somebody who's a woman that respects her bodily autonomy and dignity should be forced to change clothes in a locker room with a man. That's not freedom, that's oppression. Bingo, oppression. He nailed it. And, and these, he is using the words back at this community that they're often throwing out. They feel oppressed. They feel held down by the man or the genderless person. Uh, there's more from Vivek Ramiswamy to a pansexual person. I couldn't see everything. I think she did have some of the, you know, the pink or the lavender hair dye, which I think causes some of the mental illness in this country. I wish the FDA would investigate what's in the chemicals in pink and lavender hair dye or the green, too. I think it might be causing problems in the neurons upstairs and the little gray matter, as Paul Rowe would like to say. But here's a little bit more. This was an epic minute and a half conversation that could have gone terribly wrong if you weren't as agile mentally as this guy is. And so I believe that we live in a country where free adults should be free to dress how they want, behave how they want, and that's fine. But you don't oppress, you don't become oppressive by foisting that on others. And that especially includes kids because kids aren't the same as adults. And so I think adults are free to make whatever choices they want, but do not foist that ideology onto children before children are in a position as adults to make decisions for themselves. And so I think a lot of the frustration in the country, and if I'm being really honest, that I also share, comes from that new culture of oppression where saying those things can actually get somebody punished. And in my case, it's part of why it's my responsibility to say them. And I respect that you may have a different opinion, and that's okay. And that's okay. You can have, you can be as, uh, I'd say in my head, I'm saying you can be as wrong as you want in your opinion. And I'm okay with that. As long as it doesn't affect me. It's kind of libertarian in its thinking. Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. You do you if you're a grown-up. Leave the kids alone. Well done, Mr. Ramaswamy. All right, I'm stepping aside. 888-630-9625 is the number. 888-630-9625. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Plant Show on a Monday. Mike Opelka in for Chris. Last minute. Last minute uh, had to be here because Chris got called for jury duty and I expect him to be back tomorrow. And I'm changing my plan, Michael. I'm, I'm, I had a plan to go to one call. I have to go to this one first. I mentioned earlier that I can't comment on Joe Biden's state other than play you the clips and tell you what it appears to me that it, nothing's right upstairs. Between the years, it is, it's got to be a deteriorating situation. It's not getting better. It's getting worse every day. But uh, someone's phoning in. 
under the title of Dr. Anonymous. And so let's go to Dr. Anonymous. Are you really a doctor, Dr. Anonymous? I am. Okay. And, um, but like, not like a Jill Biden doctor, like a, a medical doctor, someone who's been through medical school and or um, uh, other specialties. I'm a clinical neuropsychologist. Okay. All right. Very good. So you, and, uh, you've been, yeah, you've been my uh, work in behavioral medicine and been in a bunch of the hospitals, did more than 40,000 evaluations. I can tell you um, I, there are, there were three points and I'll just make them. Um, okay. And everybody knows these, everybody who's listening is going to pull their hair out and jump up and down. At least I would. First of all, we had the house, the Senate and the white house when Donald Trump was elected. If you don't like his tweets or whatever, I know I didn't, I didn't even like him before that, but I really like him. Um, because he's doing the job. I don't care who he sleeps with or whatever. We, we the, the Republicans wasted that. They wasted it away. So this is why I think we're screwed. Number two, I am a clinical neuropsychologist with more than 40 years of experience. And he absolutely, uh, Biden absolutely has some form of dementia. They just hop them all up on things so that he can go out there and say a few things. But, you know, he's probably totally exhausted after that. The, the detrimental effects of the medication that they're giving him so that he can perform in public when he does on those rare occasions, it's got to be really, really rough on his body. Um, and number three, the 25th Amendment was specifically written for these reasons, and we're not using it. So that, again, is the fault of both sides, the Republicans particularly. They're not doing anything about it. They, they just don't care. So well, regardless Doc, of who- Doc I, I think they do care, but the 25th Amendment is dependent upon the cabinet. Is it not? Well— uh, well, I'm not a politician. Yes, but I, it is. I thought that if the if the president is compromised in any way, okay, then you can't, then you're right. Well, there there has yeah. to be some way to go around that because the, the, it's really even though we don't want the vice president to be the president, you know, those are the consequences. Those are the, if those are the way that the rules are written. Yes. I, I just can't believe that nothing's being done about it. I mean, we're spending all this time and energy on on Donald Trump and all these other this, you know these these other. Um, ancillary things that are really not relevant just just to waste time so that we can get through another election where you know somebody wins by a landslide again for no no apparent real reason so i think i think we're really in trouble i really really do and i and i hate to i hate to say that and i'm I'm not going to go any further than that but i think it's really really problematic well i i agree we have um 600 and less than 650 days until this election 450 days until this election and we all need to be aware and awake and worried and all hands on deck if you will uh, i appreciate your your 40 years of experience giving your evaluation you can't obviously diagnose someone without seeing them in person directly but i appreciate all of your uh, very sober analysis doctor And uh, thank you very much. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Monday. Chris is sitting for jury duty. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris. I expect he will return tomorrow. But you got to show up so you get the stamp on the paper and you don't get called for another three to four years, whatever it is in your state. I appreciate the fact that he went and he looked him in the eye. Uh, 888-630-9625 is the number if you want to join the conversation. So many things to get to today. I teased the uh, 
the Carrie Lake story earlier because it happened Friday and it's just spectacular. But I also then wondered, why is Carrie Lake in Iowa? Why is Carrie Lake participating in all of these events at the Iowa State Fair like all the other candidates are? You know, Donald Trump flew in, he gave a little buzz to the state fair and then walked through the crowd for a while. Uh, the people in, in, the, uh, in the crazy side of the mainstream media, that would be CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times, they were all upset and saying, well, he didn't stay long enough. He was only actually inside the fairgrounds for 45 minutes. That's not long enough. Um, I think it was long enough. I think it was plenty long enough, you know, especially when you think of what the presence of a former president does or, or a current president. We talked about that earlier in the show. We talked about why I don't think uh, Joe Biden should go to um, Hawaii because um, Maui needs to do the work to clean up. Maui needs to do the work of finding the dead and and burying the dead and honoring them after the horrific fire. And you don't need to be taking resources away from all of the work needed to be done in order to make sure the president's safe. So he can he can do all this by Zoom meeting. And especially if he wants to tell us he cares about the environment, which he doesn't. It's about control. Let's face it. Um, he could do it by Zoom meeting. All these trips could have been done. All these factory tours could have been done. But, you know, there's campaign fundraising to be done as well. But back to Iowa. So you have Vivek Ramiswamy, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley. I, I think uh, you had a few others wandering around. Some of the people who are in percentage points instead of uh, full points on the, uh, on the latest polling. But I wondered why Carrie Lake was there. I, it didn't make sense to me. And maybe, as I speculated, she's running for somebody's vice president. Maybe. Don't know. That would be an unusual ticket, especially if it were not President Trump or Governor DeSantis who were selecting Carrie Lake, because then you would have a real outsider team there. But this moment, it, this was just wonderful, this moment that happened. Carrie Lake was in the barn where they had um, the cows on display and they were showing you how to milk a cow because you can go to the state fair. Yeah, you can eat the pork chop on a stick and all that stuff. And you can see the giant cow sculpted out of butter. But you can actually go and learn how to do stuff. And she was there milking a cow and showing the, the press gaggle that was following her around how to milk a cow. And this happened. Which one of you is from the New York Times? You know there's only two genders, right? There's only two genders, and they know that in Iowa. I challenge the New York Times reporter and the Washington Post reporter to try to milk a cow and then try to milk a bull and see how that goes. So you got to feel badly for the New York Times photographer. This is someone who's a stringer, somebody who probably doesn't work full time for the New York Times. This is somebody who lives in Iowa, went to the fair, was taking pictures and hoping to sell them back to the paper and make a little money. And uh, she had the New York Times credentials. And when Carrie Lake said, who's here for the New York Times? This person raised their hand, not realizing, uh-oh, that was a bad move. I'm going to be cannon fodder right here. And yes, she was. 
but it was a great a great line. It was a, a very, very nice line. I just don't know why Carrie Lake was there. And then one of you called in and said, uh, here's why Carrie Lake was probably there. I would have taken the call, but you had to go. I know people have jobs, etc. Um, this person said, Carrie Lake is from Iowa, probably still has family in Iowa. Okay. But why was she there specifically when all of the other candidates were there? Even Robert Kennedy was there this past weekend. RFK was there doing doing a little um, shaking hands and kissing babies as well. I just think there's something more to it. There's a, a lot more behind this. So pay attention because uh, this stuff is important. It seems trivial, but it is important. There's a reason why Carrie Lake was there. We just don't have it yet. We haven't been told the full reason yet. We will get it. It will take time, but uh, not yet. Uh, The other stories, I I have a couple of stories I need to get to, but I see uh, Ed is in Charleston, South Carolina, one of my favorite cities in the entire world, and he's on the phone, so I must talk to him. Hello, Ed. Welcome. Um, Thank you, Mike. I just wanted to say... um, uh, being concerned about whether uh, Joe Biden is uh, uh, available or to be to be the presidential can- candidate, no matter his condition, it's really irrelevant because you see whether Joe Biden is a, is a presidential candidate or Newsom or whatever, the Democrats will cheat them into the presidency. I mean, the Democrats know that even if Joe Biden is not capable of doing the job, that they will cheat him into the presidency because the left controls everything that the Democrats do, both in Congress and in the administration. And so I think what the Republicans really need to do and what we all need to do is look at the uh, electoral of problems with what the Democrats are going to do, whether they're going to change all kinds of laws at the last minute, or if they're going to do mail-in ballots and all. They're going to try everything, no matter who the candidate is, to cheat and to retain power. And I understand your feelings. I certainly do. And anybody who watched 2000 Mules, the documentary about the some of the obvious aberrations and shenanigans in the last election has the same kind of feelings in your gut. Uh, but here's here's the things I do, I do know. You cannot change the electoral count. You can't change the number of electoral votes for the states. Those are given. And the Electoral College, even though the Democrats would like to get rid of the Electoral College, they would like to nullify it and make our elections based on the total popular vote in every state. And that that is, um, or the total popular vote across the country, because remember Hillary claimed that too. Uh, You have to have confidence that the Electoral College is rock solid and it's not going anywhere, I don't think, in our lifetimes. The things that I'm worried about, and you brought it up, mail-in voting. Here's what I believe we need to make sure that we, we do mail-in voting the same way the Democrats do. Because for the past couple of elections, we have stood up and said, no, we'll all show up on election day. 
and then election day happens, and if there's bad weather or if there's anything that goes wrong, not everybody shows up. So we have to play by the same rules that they played by last time. And we have to make sure that they know we're playing by the same rules. And there are people that are now organizing around the country to make sure that we register voters and to make sure that if ballot harvesting is going on, going on that we're doing the same thing and that we are playing by the exact same set of twisted, anticipated rules that the Democrats are playing by. Because that's the only way you beat them. And then you get in and then you, you bring controls back to it. You bring the... Um, the actual controls back to the system. Uh, I'm not sure if um, Michael Piercy has the clip handy. Uh, we talked about Al Sharpton speaking with Kamala Harris um, recently over the weekend. And I think she was trying to cast a pall on uh, election integrity. Again, bringing up voter suppression. Michael, if you have that, uh, go ahead and fire that one off. Our democracy. Rev, I think everything is at stake right now. When a democracy is intact, it strengthens the people. It protects and fights for fundamental freedoms, individual rights. It's a, it's a fight for order against chaos. It strengthens. On the other hand, democracy, incredibly fragile. It will only be as strong as our willingness to fight for it. And right now, there are many forces that are attempting to purposely, I believe, weaken our democracy. Hmm. She also talked about suppression of votes and how uh, the right is apparently trying to suppress votes. And they always go to this old trope. And the reality is the last election in Georgia, more people, more people of color voted than in the history of the state. It, it is such a lie that they're spreading. And also, let's remember, uh, we are not a democracy. We are a republic if we can keep it, madam. Yeah, and that's the, uh, the statement from Franklin after the, the Constitution was penned. Uh, it, it's amazing. But we do have, gosh, we're coming up on 400 days, like 440-some days until this election. We will have primaries before you know it. We will have the Iowa caucuses before you know it. And the left is already engaged. We need to make sure we are too. You can, you can throw your hands in the air and say they're going to cheat. Well, they're not going to cheat if, if you play the same game they play because you're going to beat them. And they're not going to win if you actually spread the truth. What was the, um, the St. Augustine quote? Uh, the truth is like a lion. It doesn't need to be cared for. It needs to be set free. I know uh, not everybody agrees with me. Uh, someone just wrote into the uh, Twitter account saying, my views, me, your views on the political landscape of our country is from the 1940s. The communist revolution had won. Uh, we're just now feeling the fallout. If voting was effective, they'd require ID. Well, I'm a big proponent of voter ID, and I think most people are. We just have to, um, we just have to make sure, Chris who is the person who wrote this in on Twitter, that uh, we, in fact, push as hard as we can to make sure voter ID is mandatory in every single state. Uh, in, in terms of saying the communist revolution had won, uh, no, I don't completely agree with that. Yeah, there's a bunch of people who believe 
that the communist way is the way to go. And they've kind of embedded themselves in our universities and now in some of our high schools. But the battle ain't over. The battle for freedom is ongoing. And I actually think, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to reference a story I, I referenced very early today. The battle is swinging back our way. I think momentum is coming back. Why do I say this? Well, in terms of ESG, ESG is um, this, this craziness that was foisted upon us over the past, ah, I guess, about six years. This in, environmental sustainability and governance offices that companies were getting rated, rated on their ESG. And we were, were telling folks, well, yeah, if your ESG score is this, it's going to be, you're going to be a more successful co company and people invest in you. And now we're starting to see people run away from ESG. We're starting to see people saying, no, we don't have that office anymore. And in the case of McDonald's, they wiped it off their website. There is no ESG mentioned on the entire website. You can go back in time because the internet time machine allows you to do so and see that ESG actually was there as it was on others. Now, I just wonder what's going to happen to all these ESG officers at companies, including the one at GM, who is Joe Biden's niece. What a coincidence. Coincidence, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's happening. Those, those positions have to go away, just like the DEI positions eventually, I think, are going to fade away the diversity, equity, and inclusions, because these are people who are trying to uh, social engineer America. That's what the communists want to do. That's what the socialists want to do. Social engineering never works because it's always tied to government planning. And the government is about as effective, well, I can't say it, but it happens in a windstorm. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. Join the conversation, 630-888-630-9625. Obama had a nanny when he was eight. The nanny apparently was transgender. Had anyone heard this story? I'll share just around the corner on the Chris Plant, Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Monday, and Chris is not here today. Should return tomorrow. My name is Mike Opelka. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, so many, so many things to get to. I'm going to put the Obama story on hold till next hour, so you're going to have to come back for that because uh, we were busy talking about the Iowa State Fair, and a couple of other topics came up, and some of you are calling in, so we want to get to that. I also have to make a correction. I mistakenly said I didn't think Marianne Williamson was there, and apparently she was. So you had uh, Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy both show up from the Democrat side, uh, and Don in Chicago noticed that as well, listening on the great WLS. Hello, Don. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Michael. Thank you for taking my call once again. It's always a pleasure to hear you on the radio. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you got to give you got to give Robert Kennedy his props. I mean, the guy's polling sometimes fifteen to twenty percent. The, the media is ignoring him, and Obama and Biden turned down his request for Secret Service service uh, protection. And the guy's out there all by himself. And you know, with a name like Kennedy, that's not a that's not a safe thing in this world. 
And uh, so you got to give the guy credit. He's got some Kalyuns. Yes, he does. Yes, he, does. Uh, he, he does have some Kalyuns or some Palotas or whatever you want to call them. Uh, the interesting thing here, um, the Biden rejection or the administration's rejection of a Secret Service request is not that unusual unless you factor in the Kennedy name, which yeah, you would think that would carry some, some gravitas uh, on the request. But unless and until you are the actual candidate for the party, you are not apparently entitled to that protection. Uh, nonetheless, Kennedy is fearless. Uh, he's not afraid of anything or anybody and proved that by going to the border and then going to Iowa. So I give the guy credit. I think he deserves the opportunity to debate uh, the president, but I also think that the Democrats will not let that happen. They're terrified that that boy talk about exposing the problems that Joe Biden has. That would be just uh, he'd be a pinata on the debate stage and Kennedy would have his mask fall off. So he'd be able to swing away. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. And uh, in one of the bedroom communities of Chicago, Rich lives in Niles, Illinois, calling us. Hello, Rich. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Yes, uh, I like your show. And the reason I'm calling up is I always wondered how, why Chicago had such bad government. Well, there's <sighs> 1,500,000 registered voters. Only 30% of those voters came out. 70% stayed home. So ballots cast was 452,000. Brandon Johnson only needed more than half of that, which is about 238,000 votes. So he's a, he was working for the school teachers union, and now he got more bad government after he got Lightfoot. So I don't think it takes too much effort to get that few voters out to vote for your candidate. Well, you're, you're, Rich, as a guy who grew up in Chicago and watched the, the first Daily Machine operate with such efficiency, and then the second daily machine operate for decades as well. Uh, there is an entrenched political machine that is very tough to beat. And unless and until the people, those 700,000 who didn't show up, unless and until they wake up and say, hey, this is wrong, Chicago is going to continue to be a Democrat town, and it's not going in the right direction. You know, they're going to be like California if they don't wake up. My old hometown, it breaks my heart. It's Opelka in for Plant on the Chris Plant Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.